I'm very lucky to be interviewing the brilliant Sharon Giltrow today. Sharon is a wonderful children's author. She's the author of the picture book Bedtime Daddy, which was released last year. It is a goofy and hilarious role reversal masterpiece. How exciting. <laughs> Sharon is an early childhood educator and education support worker who works with young children with developmental language disorders. Sharon was also awarded the Paperbird Fellowship in 2019. She also has a middle grade, middle grade book coming out this year called Samara Rubin and the Utility Belt. She also has just got a contract for next year's Get Ready Mama. I believe Sharon is an inspirational author because of her brilliant work with young children and her interviews with other authors that inspire the next gen of young writers, readers and more. Also because of her fellowship with Paperbird, which is a truly amazing achievement that I hope to be awesome enough to earn one day. Thank Sharon, you, Amani, for that great interview. Very nice. Thank you. Are you Especially ready the masterpiece ready? bit. Yes. Like the masterpiece. Maybe it'll become a classic. We all want to write a classic, don't we? Yes. <laughs> Takes time, though. Are you ready time. to be grilled? I am. I am. Grill away. So, completely unrelated to your work, you love bushwalking, like me. What has been your favourite trail to adventure down, either bushwalking or mountain biking or maybe even both? Uh, well, last year my family and I went to the Prongrups and we did Nancy's Peak. So we actually stayed at the foot of the Prongrups, which was lovely, and we did Nancy's Peak and Devil's Marbles, I think. So that they were probably my favourite bushwalking. That was probably more of a, a mountain climb, though. <laughs> It was wow. uh, quite steep. And I've done Bluff Knoll in the past, but um, I wasn't quite ready to take that on last year at the same time. But my children want to do that, so we might do it this year. Bluff Knoll is one of the tallest mountains in WA. Um, so, yeah, they're probably my favourite mountain climbing, bushwalking um, trails. Um, until another person was coming up the other way and they said, watch out for the brown snake that's sunning itself on the rock. So um, and we didn't exactly know where it was. So every rock we looked at, we kind of were waiting for a snake. And then we saw it all curled up in the sun. So we tiptoed past it and kept going down the mountain. So there's a bit of adventure in bushwalking as well. Definitely. You never know mountain you bike riding. Probably down at Margaret River. That's good trails down at Margaret River. But I try and just do the green ones. The blue blue trails are a little bit more complicated. Mm. I love being out in the trees amongst the mm. forest, so that's why I do it. And you got to walk or bush walk or, yeah, to do that. I, I also love hiking as well. Yeah. Special being out in nature, isn't it? Just sitting there, even just sitting there sometimes, just breathing yeah. in the air. You get your best ideas sometimes as well when you're out in yeah. nature, I feel. Just amongst the trees and all the beautiful fresh air. It's it. just a lovely and as, as writers, we spend a lot of time inside, so it's good to 
get outside. Definitely. <laughs> Your debut book, Bedtime Daddy, was released earlier last year. How are you feeling now that your work of writing art is now out in the world for all to see and read? Well, it's uh, as you probably know, it's an awesome feeling when you first get your author copies and you see the actual package because you've spent so long making it, um, writing it and then waiting for the illustrations and waiting for it to be published. So once you see that copy in your house and you're shown your family, that's probably the best feeling. Um, so it's great to do that. And then the second best feeling is seeing it in a library or a bookshop or, and maybe even the first best feeling is when you see it in the hands of children or mm. when you're sharing it with children and they're enjoying it and laughing. I think that's when it truly becomes real when you read it to a child and they laugh where you want them to laugh and they also bring other things to it that you didn't realise were there when you were writing it or from the illustrations. So seeing it in the world is probably the best the best feeling um, and then afterwards yeah every time you see it someone reading it you get that feeling again or you see it in the bookshop you get that feeling again um, so it's sort of with you forever I should imagine even though it's been seven months eight months since it was released so just try and keep that feeling alive every day <laughs> yeah it's such a amazing feeling and it's such a great achievement to publish a book because it's like I finally did it I got I got the book and it's here and it's like yes that's it yeah it's real and people are enjoying it that's definitely important too when people enjoy your book it's like yes yes excellent Red. Time Daddy was released right in the middle of all the COVID lockdowns and craziness. How did that change your book launch and your expectations of how that would occur? Um, well, everything was going along smooth. Um, so I had all the pre-marketing done and I'd been down to Paperbird and asked if I could launch it there because that's where I did the fellowship. So I felt I had a connection to Paperbird. Um, and then the COVID hit in about February, March, and I slowly started to realise that an in-person book launch would not be the best idea. <laughs> so I, um, when the bookshop was still open, I went down and spoke with Jen and she said, why don't we do Instagram Live? And I'm like, yeah, let's do Instagram Live. And then I had to go home and Google what Instagram Live actually <laughs> actually was and how do I do it and can I do this and then I start to panic because often I say yes to things and then I start to panic afterwards when I realized I've said yes um, so I googled it and I had a little practice with my family on my Instagram account and then Jen talked me through it she was very supportive and then I started thinking well now I've got half an hour all to myself what am I going to do <laughs> Because I didn't have the interaction of people being there um, and, you know, the eating and the meeting people and a lot of that happens at the book launch. I just had 30 minutes of me. So luckily my kids were homeschooling, so they 
got uh, recruited and um, they helped me with questions and activities and eating the cookies. Um, so, yeah, it changed a lot. But I'd also learnt about Instagram Live by doing it. Um, and then later, Kitty Black invited me to share her book launch when the bookshops were open again. So I actually got an in-person launch as well. So I got two launches. <laughs> Um, so I think you just had to be, you had to be adaptable. I think part of me just wanted to go. No, I'm just not doing it. Launch anymore. It's too hard. But because you, as you know, you've worked so hard on this book that you want to celebrate it, and that's what book launches really are: is a celebration. And I was able to have people from all around the world as well um, tune into Instagram Live. So that was great. That sounds amazing. And that's kind of also me. It's like, you don't know what it is. I didn't know what Instagram is. No. <laughs> Instagram Live, what is it? What is it? <laughs> I still don't know. You still don't know what it is? Oh. Um, I, yeah. You, yeah. <laughs> I, I knew what it was, but no, I, don't, I haven't done it since. But you basically just do it live. Um, huh. from, and I did it through Paper Bird's account. And then it, was, it went out to their subscribers. So if I did it through my account, it wouldn't have reached as many people. So you just set it up. It's a bit like Zoom, set it up and just, yeah. Mm. It, just, it just live streams, I think, is the difference. Uh, so, yeah, you can't sense. make mistakes. <laughs> More about your amazing book. Can you tell us a bit about its plot and its target age group and just what it's about? Yeah, so it's uh, a pretty simple plot. Um, Daddy Bear's tired and Little Bear's putting Daddy Bear to bed, so it's a role reversal. Um, and I started, and a how-to book, so it's how to put a daddy to bed. Um, and I wanted to write both of those. I wanted to write a style. I just came up with the idea of it would be funny if a child put their daddy to bed because for many years I've been putting my children to bed um, and often parents feel like they want to be the ones going to bed at that time and that's when the children get all their energy and have all their excuses. So I thought that was funny. So I came up with the idea first and then I went, it's going to be how-to, it's going to be a role reversal, um, and then the publisher decided, well, we talked about it and they decided to do bears instead of um, people. So um, you, you have this idea, but then you also, again, have to be adaptable to how it changes. Um, and I've, it's, it's I probably when I pitched it was from three to eight-year-olds, um, but I've seen toddlers reading it. Um, I've read it to kindy children. So three and four-year-olds, I've read it to five and six-year-olds. I've read it to older children, so and I think parents enjoy it as well. So you could say it goes all the way up to one hundred. <laughs> but when I pitched it, I pitched it for three to eight-year-olds, um, and some people were saying it's even probably young, young pre-primary age. But I find the year ones get more of the humour in it than the pre-primaries. So yeah. That's amazing. And there's a bit of a twist at the end, but I won't tell you what that is. <laughs> there's always got to be a twist. There's always got to be a twist. 
So you've just signed a contract for your book, Get Ready Mama, that is being released next year. This is so exciting. What is this book going to be about? So Get Ready Mama is um, about getting a, a mum ready for the day. So it's Bedtime Daddy was at the end of the day. Get Ready Mama is going to be at the beginning of the day. So the mum wakes up and doesn't want to get out of bed. Um, so the the child has to get the mum out of bed and dressed and give her a breakfast and just do all the things that parents do in the morning to get their child ready for the day. So again, it's a role reversal um, and how how to it how to do it. Um, so yeah, it's just a follow up. So it's written in the same way as bedtime daddy, um, but this time the mum is getting ready. Um, so yeah, it's it's fun. It's it's humorous again. So yeah, and it and that one's a bit different because it goes from the bedroom to the to breakfast, then in the car, then where they where they need to go, they arrive there. So it's a bit more scene changing. That sounds and a twist at the end as well. <laughs> it sounds so awesome! I cannot wait for that to be released. I'm gonna put it on my long list of must-have <laughs> Your to-read books. I'll let you know the exact date when I know, but it's very, I only signed the contract in December, so it's all very, very, very new. And we've got um, a great illustrator to do it, so it's all good. It'll be Sounds exciting. Yes. You were a Paper Bird Fellowship recipient in 2019. How cool is that? <laughs> what kind of work do you do during your fellowship? Um, so when I applied for the, so when you apply for the fellowship, you have to say what you're going to work on. Um, and in the past, I had this, I had applied previously and not been awarded it. And in the past, I had this long, long list of things I was going to do in the 10 weeks. Um, and then I realised that's probably not um, doable. So I, I cut it back to one project. Um, which was to finish my, which was then a chapter book. I'd already written the th first three chapters of Samara and the Utility Belt. Um, so my goal was to finish that, write the last nine chapters, which I did. Um, so that was great. It gave me the time to do that. Um, I also did a bit of marketing on Bedtime Daddy because I have, was asked to write the blurb um, while I was at Paperbird. So I went out and looked at all the blurbs on the back of the books at Paperbird and used those as a guide. So that was great to have the books right there to use. Um, but mostly I worked on Samara, Ruben and the Utility Belt, which has now become an early middle grade book. So again, things change when you're writing. <laughs> you start with one going one way and then you have to be prepared to not totally change what you're doing, but be adaptable to what publishers suggest. Um, so yeah, that was great working on that. And uh, Rebecca Newman and I worked, Rebecca Newman had a um, fellowship at the same time. So I got to work with her and listen to some of her poetry. Um, and I think we've, I don't think there's been a Paperbird fellowship since. So hopefully they'll bring it back very soon for other authors to, get awarded it and get time to focus on their writing. But yes, it was great. It was a great 
I don't think I would have finished my chapter book if I wasn't at Paperback. <laughs> that is so awesome. I love it so much. <laughs> and you got to work with Rebecca Newman. She's so cool too. Yes, yeah. And we had very different. She was working on an anthology of poetry and I was working on a chapter book. So we had very different projects, but it was nice just having someone there writing with you and encouraging you. So it was good. And then I got to see, you know, Brioni and um, Bryony and James and they were working there at the time as well. So, yeah. That's so cool. I really want to be a fellowship recipient there one day too. Mm, definitely apply when they come out again. Yes. <laughs> This year you have your debut middle grade book, Samara Rubin and the Utility Belt release. Yes. How are you feeling now that your second book is nearly out all, all to see and read? Um, I'm very excited. It's um, a different process to a picture book, as you probably know. Um, I'm working on the edits at the moment. I thought once I signed the contract, that would be it. The book will be done. But because it's uh, got more words in it and more plot, obviously, and you have to make sure all the plot works together. So um, I'm working with the publisher at the moment, editing it chapter by chapter. I had done a lot of edits before then, but um, we're just making sure it's perfect before it comes out. So um, it's a different process. I've enjoyed, I've probably learned a lot from editing with the publisher because we do it via Zoom. She's in America, in Texas, so we do it via Zoom um, and we do it pretty much word by word. So I'm learning a lot from her, probably more than I could ever learn from doing a revision course or an editing course. So that's really exciting. Um, and it's not going to be, there'll be some illustrations in it. So once I've done my bit, we're going to give it to an illustrator to do the cover and a few um, things illustrations inside and then it will go to being printed so I think the process is a bit shorter but more involved with the editing um, but it'll be great and that story actually started as a um, picture book <laughs> gone from 500 words to 15,000 words so again ideas go where they will go yeah that, that's incredible I, yes. I look yes. very very excited to seeing it as well yes and I think uh, I'm in, excited about it because it opens up my writing to a whole nother age group yeah because um, it's like there's so many different age groups it's like middle grade is one thing and the picture breaks another and then chapter books different so yeah yeah so that's, that will be good so yes writing horizon expanding. yes yeah but now when I write my picture books, I write them a bit longer than, <laughs> and I have to cut out a lot of words. <laughs> it's, Me too, because um, I'm yeah. currently writing, rewriting my middle grade and writing my YA and I'm writing a picture book and then it's like, and it's like 600 <laughs> words, so I have to cut out like 100 words. Yeah. Yeah. It's difficult it to go from. Than you think. Yeah. Harder than one to the other. Yeah. I have to put words into my other one and take words out of the other one, but. Yeah, it's good. It's good to be versatile. Sounds like you're very versatile. I haven't done YA yet. That kind of scares me a little bit. <laughs> I was trying to write a middle grade when I morphed into a YA. Yeah, yeah. 
Yes, I've heard that happens. <laughs> but that, again, that's what happens and you just got to go with it, don't you? Yep. You can't fight it because then it doesn't feel true, I suppose, to the character. Now we are moving on to the speed questions. Oh, Ten okay. second answers. Okay. I just want to hear them. <laughs> oh, there's the bell. <laughs> Sounds like dinner. <laughs> what are you writing at the moment? Okay, so this morning um, I was writing the follow-up to Samara Rubin and the utility belt. So I'm trying to write the next book. Um, because the publisher said, oh, this other character could actually have it, their own book. Um, and I think when you write middle grade, you're always thinking, oh, I'm going to write the next book. So I'm writing the next book too, in the Utility Belt series. There we go. What is your favourite meal to eat for dinner? Uh, I quite like spaghetti, but our family's uh, pescatarian, so I do a vegetarian sauce. So spaghetti Neapolitana. What is your least favourite book genre to read and why? <laughs> Some of my friends won't like this, but um, fantasy. <laughs> uh, I forgive just you. Just because I like the real world, I think. I like writing things in the real world. And crime. I, I don't like crime. <laughs> what was your worst subject in school? Oh, worst subject in school. Uh, it changed over the years. I had good subjects and then they became the worst subject. But um, it's, oh, I don't know. I can't say that as a school teacher. You have to say that all of them are good. <laughs> uh, worst subject, uh, probably German. I didn't really like German. So languages. I wasn't very good at languages. Who was your favourite or most inspirational author from your childhood? Oh, it'd have to be Enid Blyton because there wasn't as many books to choose from as children have these days, but I always wanted an Enid Blyton. I wanted to buy one every week, so I'd nag my parents. I think they cost $2.50 back then, so. <laughs> Which book character would you love to meet and why? That's a tough one as well. Which character would I love to meet? I'm trying to think. Um, I would love to meet Pip from The Adventures of Pip, Enid Blyton, um, because he's a fun-loving pixie. I suppose that's fantasy, isn't it? <laughs> What's the weirdest thing you've ever written and what? written about the weirdest thing I've ever written about um a stain a texture stain on some clothing I was trying to do a the day the crayons quit kind of inanimate object story so a stain That's <laughs> a <texter> stain. <laughs> if you could go it didn't get published well it hasn't been published yet oh not yet <laughs> not yet <laughs> If you could go anywhere in the world and write about that place, where would you go? Where would I go? 
apart from Australia, I think I love writing about in Australia and having a bit of an Aussie theme in my writing. Um, probably Italy. I'd love to go to Tuscany and write in Tuscany in a villa. <laughs> What's your biggest achievement so far? biggest achievement uh, apart from my family and my happy family that's a daily achievement but my biggest achievement as a writer would be having Bedtime Daddy published. It's, it's an amazing achievement. Thank you. Do you have any advice to share with young writers? Um, just, yeah, just write what you feel you need to write or what is inside of you and write what what you write. Don't try and write like other people. You can do different styles, but, yeah, write from your heart um, and don't be afraid to share your work with other people because that's how you grow as a writer. So critique groups are fantastic, even though it's a bit scary to put your work out there. But, yeah, so write from your heart and um, critique groups. Brilliant advice. Thank you so much for letting me grill you. No worries. Make sure to check out Sharon on her socials and buy her books. And we can do amazing. a giveaway. If, oh, would yes. you like to do a giveaway? Um, we, we can do a giveaway for um, either a copy of Bedtime Daddy or a critique of a picture book, I'll put picture book because um, middle grades takes longer to critique. <laughs> um, if you um, follow Imani's YouTube or subscribe, is that what they do, Imani? Subscribe. They subscribe to? Yep, I'm not so good on YouTube. Um, and comment, should we get them to comment as well? Yeah, comment and subscribe on Imani's YouTube. Um, so we'll check that out once it goes live. And I'll let the winners know who they are. So Bedtime Daddy or a critique. Picture book critique. <laughs> Thank you so much. No worries. Thank you. Bye. Bye.